Springfield's Talk 1041. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Nick Reed. Floors plus Nixa, floors plus Springfield, all of your flooring needs. Everybody's got a floor. I haven't met anyone yet, although when I was in fourth grade, the farm next to us, uh, they had a dirt floor. I do remember that. That's just something that always stands out in my mind. Have you? Did you? Have we talked about this before? Yeah, we have. That's right. We have talked about it before. It must just be because you're here. That why? What was your? Did you have a dirt floor at one point or something? Was no, that the, the, the best place we ever lived in was a mobile home that was eight foot wide by about twenty foot long. Mm. Well, it would have to have had a floor, otherwise you would have just fallen down because it was usually set up right. Mo- mo- yeah, yeah, mobile yeah, mobile home parks were. That's where I was raised generally. Mm-hmm. But we did have an old farmhouse at one point in time that the. Uh, you know, the basement had a dirt floor, but it was actually a finished uh, basement, and it had this big old, this big old beast of a wood boiler down there that mm. you had to throw wood in to keep that little sucker gone. And I remember a one winter when it was like this. And for the five listeners, this kind of weather is what it takes for me to wear long pants. <laughs> I am not in shorts today. <laughs> um, I want to say that farm that we lived on, it was in Waynesville. And it it may have had a dirt floor. I don't know for sure, but down uh, the it, it, I remember walking. So I think it was the people who had the land, and it was a kid that I was. It was in my same class, and uh, and walking down there, and yeah, they had it was a tiny, tiny little house with you know a, like one bedroom and a kitchen or something, and uh, it was a dirt floor. I'd never I, seen that before. I swear I have been underneath some houses here in Springfield that based on the way it's designed mm-hmm. underneath that you could swear at one point in time part of the house was wood floor and part of the house was dirt floor because you literally can't get up far enough oh. underneath the house okay. so it looks like the kitchen area and perhaps one of the back okay. rooms because of the way that underneath the foundation looks it's like okay wait a minute this this was not original this came much later could be well whether you have a dirt floor or otherwise floors plus nicks of springfield they're, they're great folks uh rob the owner i've uh, known him for several years and uh he's one of us if you would he's, he's just a good hard-working uh, uh guy and he's got great crews and they no pressure they've got great product and knowledge whether it's Luxury vinyl planking or hardwood floors, uh, tiling, um, carpeting, whatever it may be. They'll measure, check out the showroom floor. You can do the math yourself on the cost and then set up a scheduled time and they'll do the installation for you. 0% financing for 12 months right now as well. It's Floors Plus Nixa and Springfield. Jason Ryman now with the latest news update. It's going to be a white Christmas here in the Ozarks. At least two to three inches of snow fell on Thursday. Three inches fell in Willard and Rolla. Republic got 2.9 inches. Stratford, Branson, and Clever, 2.5 inches. And Springfield reported about an inch. There is a chance for some light snow Christmas night. Monet police say a man who died in a house fire last month died from smoke inhalation. The man who died identified as 47-year-old James Creekmore from Monette. The Springfield Planning and Zoning Commission turning down a request to change the name of the road that leads to the planned Bucky's convenience store at I-44 and Mulroy Road. Matt Moyer has more. Bucky's wants to name the portion of Mulroy Road that leads to the new store Beaver Road. The original request was to call it Bucky's Avenue. 
Bucky's plans to open in December of next year. Police investigating an attack by two pit bulls that left 21 people at a school hurt. The incident happened at Willard Intermediate South School. Police say not all of the injured were hurt by those dogs. Some were hurt in the chaos that followed. And the state fire marshal urging Missourians to be extra cautious when heating their homes. Each year, space heaters account for about one-third of home heating fires and 80% of heating fire deaths. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. The uh, first alert forecast sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. Wind chill warning until 6 tonight. Wind chill advisory 6 tonight through noon Saturday. Sunny, windy, a high of 10 for the day. Wind chills 28 below tonight. Clear, low of 1 below, 0. Wind chill 16 below. Tomorrow, sunny, high of 22, wind chill, 19 below. Sunny, 28, Christmas, Monday, 37, and then slowly uh, through the week, temperatures will rise until a high of 60 on Thursday. Hey, everyone, it's Tom Martz. Hey, today's day in history. Ooh. However, I do have to say two days ago was my 37th wedding anniversary. Well, it, it, well happy so anniversary. For... Did you go? You, it seems as if you generally find a nice place to eat. For, uh, I had to work, and oh, I did. Okay. I had to leave at about three o'clock in the morning, and I got back at about eight o'clock in the evening. So we haven't ventured out the house yet. But okay. Yeah, there will be. There will be. It'll be late, but there will be some place that we will eat that we have never eaten before. Oh, hey! Speaking of you, had t- I had talked a few weeks ago about Mister Gilberti's. Yes, and you said you have, uh, or like clients or some around there. Is that yeah? Right? I've got. Yeah. I, I literally thought that, that was, was a tavern. Or something. I, I literally yeah. thought that was like an old style pub. Uh huh. Because I have a client. If you walk out front, Mister Gilberti's, and kind of look angled off to the right, they live right there. So some of well, those we like those houses. Some of their, they their they are they they're really houses. cool. And because they're so close to, I guess that's called a lake right there, but to me it's right. more like it a river. river yeah. But the proximity of how close those wa- houses are to the water, you think, in a I, flood, I, do I, I really want to live? But, yeah, I've I've driven down there, even you, you turned around in, in that and, parking yeah, lot. Yeah. So now I'm going to have to go in and Yeah, eat. I hope I didn't oversell it. I, I don't even know why it came up. We were talking about it a couple weeks ago. Well, it's part of our tradition when we do the Polar Express, and we stay down there on the, the landing of Branson, and we found that Mr. Gilberti's, which is behind College of the Ozarks, and it is. It's just in a house. And I, and I actually had somebody I was talking about how much we like it and the pizza and, and it's Chicago style and, and how one of the gals who works there moved from Chicago and she had said, yeah, this is the closest thing. Um, and But then I, I would get text messages, people like, oh, we're from Chicago. Where is this place? Thank goodness. we can. And <laughs> I'm afraid that they'll be like, this isn't as good as you said that it was going to be. So I hope that people who go there do like it. Or the people who like live it. down there are going to start asking why it is that they now have so much traffic <laughs> down to Mr. Gilberti's. Right. And when they figure out it's you... They may come and do something really weird to your house in Republic. I hope not. Either that or they'll figure out a way to just start driving up and down the street in your neighborhood. Perhaps. That way you can see how they uh, like I, I I suspect that they get plenty of traffic already. But uh, once you go, I'll be interested to see what you think. I, I didn't even know those houses existed, to yeah. tell you the truth. Because if you're in the Keter Center or you're uh-huh, at College right. of the Ozarks, you can't see that right, area down right, there. Yeah. So when yeah, my, if you think it's all just vast land yeah, back there, 
So when the, one day my client told me, he said, I'll meet you at Keterson and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll guide you. I'll drive in front of you down there so you know where it's at. So when he turned off of that road, I went, there's nothing down here. Yeah. And you go down a little twisty road, and then all of a sudden it's house, 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 house. Like, where am I at? <laughs> well, that's what the first time that we went to Mr. Gilberti's, and we were, you know, we GPSed it or whatever, and I was like, I don't know that this is right because this seems like it's nowhere, and then it's just a neighborhood. Well, there it pops up. Well, there's there's a there's a place that I have. It's a client over in uh, Perry or not Perryville. Uh, yeah, Perryville. Okay, well, way it, on the it, other it, side it, of the it's, it's, a, it's a warehouse place, but mm. the funny thing is, is when you pull it up on your GPS, it's in a residential neighborhood. Mm. Think, wait a minute. A huge conglomerate right. warehouse, and it's in a residential neighborhood. And when you call the number to try to get directions to make sure that your GPS is correct, it goes to some recording. Well, come to find out the entrance to the warehouse is actually in the neighborhood. So you basically oh, you turn it. off okay. into the neighborhood, then you make a quick right, you drop down the hill. Okay. So the warehousing district was there first, and then at a later date they may have built the the houses up on top of the hill, but they left the entrance to the warehousing area down there. It just it's one of those weird things that you know you well, the, you think about zoning yeah. and property and all that other stuff. Well, I had the same thought uh, the first time I went to pick someone up. At the Branson Airport, I was like, "Well, this can't be right. I'm driving through neighborhoods here. <laughs> I, there cannot be an airport in this neighborhood." Let's get a traffic update. More with Tom Arts. We broadcast live from Scramblers this morning. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Tom Arts. Hey, you'll remember this in 2009, Balloon Boy. Ah, I, yes, I remember it playing out. I was at the time at WISN in Milwaukee. That was Richard Henney, who carried out a hoax in which he told authorities his six-year-old son, Falcon, who names a kid Falcon, had floated off in a runaway saucer-shaped helium balloon. He is sentenced to 90 days in jail in Fort Collins, Colorado. His wife, Miami? received 20 days in jails for the same crime. Yeah. And so people who don't remember, or maybe your age, you just weren't paying attention at the time, it was this story about this guy, he, he claimed that he made this, like it was a homemade hot air balloon sort of thing, and that his son got in it and it flew off. And so I guess he called 911 and, and it was up long enough and word got around long enough, all the networks were following it live going through the air like what's going to happen is he going to die you know and it was just one of those moments where it was non-stop and it was before you could necessarily everything was streamed online so people were still gathered around tvs and then finally it came down somewhere was it a park or i forget and they opened it up and he wasn't in there yeah there's nothing in there and so then like, where is he you know this huge mystery and then they found him at home, and they claimed that he crawled in the closet or something. Yeah, but, he, I think they found him in a closet underneath a bunch of... But if I remember right... But they had already searched the house one, yeah, prior they had to that. Searched the cops it. went through. Right. And, and if I remember right, he, he, it really began to unravel because they were doing press stuff. And I think like the boy just flat out 
at one point said my dad told me to hide or something and it, it like live on tv and like oh and what a weird thing to do i don't even remember the guy's motivation i don't was either he an but inventor he was an inventor or something now i'm gonna have to look this up why do i it seems like he was an inventor and he was trying to get attention for some invention maybe it was this balloon or something and he was, thought that'd be that be way was, to do it wasn't that after the guy who uh put all the balloons on a outdoor chair, chair. out down in la that's been done a couple of, yeah i think it was done after that i think so i think that's happened a couple of times people have attempted that maybe not well maybe he was trying to transition duplicate the nine days and four minutes in the sky the experimental aircraft voyager Mm. did and it landed at edwards air force base in california completing the first non-stop flight around the globe on one load of fuel notice they didn't do it on batteries (laughs) today's date now we just lost this gentleman a couple days ago on today's date, in 1972, Franco Harris scores the oh. game-winning touchdown with what would be known as the Immaculate Reception. And to Brian Hodge, who I know he's going to listen to this mm-hmm. podcast later. He's out in California, huge Raider fan. Yes, it was a reception. It did not hit the ground prior <laughs> to Franco Harris grabbing it, and then he went into the the end zone. This was during the decade of the Steelers, which was in 1972. They won four Super Bowls in a span of 10 years, and they were just absolutely, as a kid growing up in Pennsylvania, there was just absolute Steelers fever Mm -hmm. during the 70s. You couldn't go anywhere. And you start looking at the characters that played on that team. They were fit for that city. Because the city's supposed to be a gritty sure, steel. Sure. You know, and if you look at the players, Franco Harris was an undersized running back who, along with Rocky Blyer, who was a veteran, who ended up having some sort of hip issue or something of that nature. These guys weren't supposed to win four Super Bowls in ten years. They weren't even supposed to get there. So in eighteen sixty seven, I'm gonna come back to this one. Madam C. J. Walker is born. Future entrepreneur, philanthropist, and self-made millionaire, Madam C.J. Walker is born. Sarah Breedlove, she was born in December 23rd, 1867, in Delta, Louisiana. Walker's parents were sharecroppers who had been enslaved, and they died when she was seven years old. Okay, so we're going to come back and do a little critical race theory education. Oh, good. The journal Science publishes the chilling Christmas present. A group of scientists, including Carl Sagan, releases a paper titled Nuclear Winter, the global consequences of multiple nuclear explosions. I think we saw that in Chernobyl. The funniest one, I think, to tell you the truth, is Vincent Van Gogh chops off his ear. The, he was suffering from severe depression. He cuts off the lower part of his left ear with a razor while staying in Arles, France. He later documented the event in a painting titled Self-Portrait with Bandage Ear. I like how you preface this by saying that this was the funniest one for you. Well, I mean, I, I don't... It, it's, I, one, it's, it's one of those things that I've 
I don't want to say I've suffered from depression. Right. But I think everybody has suffered from bouts of depression degree. to varying yeah. degrees. So at what point in time, or be, be, is this before he became a world-class painter, or was it just the fact that he was well-known and all of a sudden, you know, well, people look I, at things yeah, differently? Yeah, you hear all sorts of different stories. I, I remember one point hearing the story that it had something to do with a broken heart, and I, you know, but I read an article once that said of all the different romanticized explanations for it it all boiled down to the fact that he was on drugs that's way that it was believed that it was a drug-induced thing so it could have been self-inflicted yeah. i mean there there's a lot of there's a lot of instances where people do that to themselves and we're supposed to feel sorry for them well i i do in a way but then in a right. way may, maybe you need to do a checkup from the neck up yeah. and straighten yourself out and you know i mean nowadays people mutilate their body in so many ways it's like was that really that big of a deal anyway i know i saw a dude in costco the other day whose earlobes were like 16 inches long it's like how do you do that to yourself yeah that was really i think they call it gauging or that's uh, yeah yeah. but he didn't have the rings in his they were just hanging down over his chest it's like that's okay that's that's an area that you will not find (laughs) me going hey to each his and her own what I found interesting about this Madam Walker, though, is that she spent her 20s in St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. while working as a laundress for about a dollar a day to support herself and her young daughter. She developed a hair loss problem to which she started using products from a black hair care entrepreneur, Annie Turnbow Malone. She found success and was inspired to create her own line of hair care products. Now, this is a time in history where we will be told that black people couldn't do anything for right, themselves. Yeah. It was just not because of our white privilege. Right. We didn't allow black people to be right. successful. But here is an individual who grew up with parents that were sharecroppers. She ex- left Louisiana, came up to St. Louis. She had a daughter. She invented a hair care product, which ended up becoming highly successful. She used a mixture of sulfur, copper sulfate, beeswax, petroleum, coconut oil, and violet extract. Her company at its peak would go on to employ over 25,000 women. And she became a highly visible philanthropist focused on supporting initiatives for the economic independence of black women. Well, uh, you, know, you mentioned sort of the stereotyping of white privilege and, and uh, the idea that there was no path to success at all for people of color during the period of time. And it is, it's unfortunate because there are so many whether it's in the private sector or even military conquest, so many really interesting and historical things that um, black people did throughout history, they get totally ignored and dismissed because it runs counter to the idea that those things weren't possible. And while obviously there was discrimination and you had, you you know, even slavery during some of that period of time, that 
you know, the dismissal of those who were able to overcome certain things. It's just unfortunate. It's sad that they, they would make these great strides given the obstacles that were there, and they get totally ignored and dismissed in history. It's just unfortunate. Well, in, in reading this, this, this almost makes it sound that she is the... She is the essence of what Avon would become. Okay. Because it specifically states that she pushed her agents to engage in political action and organized her agents into state and local clubs known as the National Beauty Culturalist and Benevolent Association of Madam C.J. Walker Agents. Their first convention held in 1917 boasted 200 attendees and is believed to have been among the first national gatherings of women entrepreneurs to discuss business and commerce. So it's, she's the predecessor of Avon and Mary Kay. Interesting. More with Tom Arts continuing the Friday Road Show sponsored by Affordable Towing here at Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. Springfield's Talk 1041 is always just an app away. Download the KSGF app and listen live or catch what you missed on KSGF Mornings with Nick. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. We're going to have a look at the weather here coming up. Thanks, sir. Just a couple of moments. Uh, Quick reminder before we go to traffic here that we will have our Chip Davis hosted Manheim Steamroller Christmas kicking off Christmas Eve. That will be noon on Saturday and will carry through Christmas Day. It's uh, not just music, but there's the the hosting, lots of um, interesting information about the history of Christmas and different traditions. It's just uh, really nice programming. I like it personally. I love listening to it as uh, we go from family to family, household to household, and uh, if you haven't had a chance to tune it in or just even have in the background to hear some of that Christmas music, that will be kicking off again uh, Saturday, Christmas Eve at noon, all through Christmas Day. More with Tom Martz coming up. Look at the weather as well. Traffic Now, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Roads are decent, of course. We'll keep you updated with the traffic throughout the morning. It is cold. That windchill warning is still in effect until 6 o'clock tonight. There is an advisory from 6 tonight through noon Saturday. So once the the uh, warning expires the advisory will still be there until christmas eve at noon uh mostly sunny today windy cold 10 above wind chill 28 below tonight mostly clear with a low of one below zero wind chill 16 below sunny 22 for a high tomorrow wind chill 19 below then the wind is going to settle down a bit christmas day sunny 28 37 on monday and then by Thursday, a high of 60. Tom Martz? Hey, this is the second time off-air we've talked about the radio, so I found this this transition quite interesting before okay. we leave today's date in history. 1947, Bell Labs demonstrates the world's first transistor radio. Bell had also created the first transistor just a few months earlier. Many companies have claimed and attributed as the world's first, including Texas Instruments, Sony, and the German firm Intermetal. But it depends on how you view the quality of the radios, so I will leave that to others to judge. In 1975, Jim Winters proclaims that 
U.S. kids are watching too much television. Okay. 25,000 hours, of which 350,000 advertisements are viewed. Which immediately the major networks took those statistics to their advertisers. Yes, they did. (laughs) And upped their rates. In 2003, BSE, wasn't that mad cow disease? Oh, I don't know. Is is found to be in the United States. Three cases are confirmed. Currently, the U.S. compared with 180,000 in the U.K., which is why I think it's mad mad cow cow. disease. In 2006, Arnold Schwarzenegger broke his leg in a skiing accident in Sun Valley, Idaho. I don't remember that. To which he's quoted as saying, I'll be back. No, is it? (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't don't remember that. Wasn't he in a Christmas movie? Of some sort. Jingle all the way. Oh, jingle all the way. That's right. Now, today's quote of the day is very deep. All right. It's way over my head. Okay. Wonder is the feeling of the philosopher. Oh. And philosophy begins in wonder. Okay. A little Plato. Okay. All right. Deep. Yeah, it is. Too deep for me. Well, you had a... A lot less to distract you back then. Yeah, so you did. You, you had a lot of time. To a lot of time just sit around. A lot of time to things. wander. Yeah. Wander and not wander around, but right. wander around in, in your, your mind. Head. Yes. yes, absolutely. Hey, did you happen to view the link that I sent you about the the altercation between Houston, uh, Missouri? I had, yes, uh, I did. Well, I saw. I had. I had read the story. I don't even know where I came across because I was like, oh, that's the only. I, I was familiar with the story, and then I had not heard really anything else about it. And then you sent that to me. I thought, well, of course he'd find it. Um, but, uh, yeah, for people that don't know, you can tell the story. It's an altercation between law enforcement, a mayor that owns a gas station, and and uh, a, a investigation into drunk driving. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because, and I'm going to come at this a couple different directions. Anyone who knows me knows me that I'm not going to side with the cops 100%. I'm not going to side with the business owner 100%. But basically, as this goes down, and I'm going to send the links to Sarah so okay. she can put this in the show notes. I know. It was the police department put out a press release. That's where I first learned it. Yeah, the Houston, Missouri. At first, I thought it was Houston, Texas, but no, it was Houston, Missouri. The cop proclaims that there was a 911 call that came in, which would be easy enough to figure out. For those people who want to find out whether or not there was an actual 911 call. Got you. Of an individual who was driving erratically. This gentleman goes into, I think it's called the Pit Stop on Highway 63. It's a liquor store that I'm not too sure they do sell gas. So I think it's just a convenience store. I don't I know. Be I have wrong. not driven that route in so long. So as the cop pulls up. He walks into the convenience store. Now, first of all, the cop is now on private property. He's not out on public property. So the gentleman who has driven there drunk, according to the 911 call, is also now on private property. So he's in the store purchasing something. The police officer takes him to the side and asks him if he has been drinking, to which he said, no, um, um, I haven't drank anything the cop asked if he would take a breathalyzer test the gentleman refused to do that now granted he's still in a private business establishment then what ended up happening at some point in time the officer actually asked the lady behind the counter the cameras that you have do you have uh 
do you have him driving up? Well, there again, he's on private property when he's driving up. And and the re- so the the officer did not see him drive. No, up, so he just he was looking to see if there was any evidence that could prove he had been driving. Correct. So the the officer then detains the gentleman. This is all on body cam footage. Yeah, this way. is all on body cam footage. And basically, you see in the body cam footage, you see the the uh, the officer driving up to the convenience mm-hmm. store. And then it it shows everything else from there on until they actually release this guy. And the the officer detains him. He empties out his pockets, puts the stuff in the car, sets him in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, it seems a sheriff's officer drives up. Okay. You can specifically hear the sheriff's officer state, I arrested him yesterday <laughs> for driving under the influence. Which, I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. You know? So then the, uh, the, uh, the Houston officer goes back into the store and requests to see the footage mm-hmm. of this gentleman driving up. To which she calls, and then you find out the owner of the establishment is the mayor. So the mayor, and it must be his business partner or somehow they're affiliated business-wise, end up going there. And if you listen closely, I think the mayor says, these cameras aren't for you, which in reality, they are a private business. So those cameras are being used for the private business owner. But the mayor business has a liquor license okay within the confines of the liquor license is a specific statement that because you are licensed to sell alcohol you are required to assist in the if there's a felony or a crime that's been committed you have to Basically, whatever the cop's asking for at that point in time, you are required to do because you have this liquor license. Got it. So at this point now, the mayor, the duly elected mayor of Houston, Missouri, is in violation of the requirements of his liquor license. And I'll send a link to Sarah so she can also link that so you can actually read what it says within that confines. And if we need to do a commercial. Yeah, I was going to say, let's stop here and do a commercial break because it gets good. It does get good. It gets good. More (laughs) Tom Martz uh, here as we continue the Friday Road Show at Scramblers, sponsored by Affordable Towing. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. All right, Tom Martz is uh, telling us a story about an occurrence recently in Houston, Missouri. And uh, the point we're at here is you got this uh, gas station that sells liquor there in Houston, and law enforcement shows up. There's, there's body cam footage that has all this. And, Officer comes in. Uh, he he received a phone call that this person in particular that was in the gas station was driving drunk. Asked him to take well, a breath- driving erratically. Driving erratically. Got it. So he asked him to take breathalyzer. Would not do it. Uh, backup law enforcement shows up. You can hear in the body cam uh, conversation. The other law enforcement say, "Well, I arrested him yesterday for drunk driving." Uh, then they asked to see the security camera footage because they are wanting, apparently, to have some sort of evidence that he drove. Um, and 
uh, the the gal working there calls the owner, who also happens to be the mayor, and the mayor, who evidently is obligated to work with law enforcement because they have a liquor license, and the requirement that comes along with that is you essentially, if they ask for this, you got to give it. Um, and but he's like those cameras aren't for you; they're they're for private, they're for us, and and, and this is where we are now. Yeah, and the 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 gentleman who appears to be the like business partner, partner business owner, yeah, of or, the mayor, possibly, or he owns property in that right. area. Somehow connected. Berates the officer because the other day he was sitting across the street, and of course the officer says, "I was monitoring traffic." Uh-huh. And the little blurb comes out about, well, how many people are going to pull into a liquor store when there's a cop sitting right across the street? Okay, so he feels like, okay. Yeah, I mean, you're going in there to purchase. It's not like you're going in there to drink. You're actually going in there to purchase something to back out. So the thought process that this guy went through that it's going to harm his business if a cop is sitting across the street is a little bit... Uh, facetious yeah i've never not bought alcohol at the grocery store or a gas station because i saw a police officer across yeah i've actually gone into liquor stores while there's been a police officer sitting in the parking lot to find out that he was in the grocery in the store but whether or not footage whether he was purchasing alcohol or not is none of my business but and and then it goes on to the point where the mayor declines to uh give them the footage Mm -hmm. The the cop basically says that she called nine one one, meaning the clerk. Oh, okay. So, and in reality, it was not the clerk that called nine one one. This set the business partner off. He was dropping f bomb after f bomb after f bomb so because so he basically made it. He said the cop lied to him because the cop said she, meaning the clerk. Uh-huh called 911. So, okay. The the cop says the clerk called 911. Did the clerk say no I did not? Is no, it- but the uh, the gentleman who the business partner uh-huh. had went and asked the clerk. Now the clerk during this transaction did tell the cop prior to uh-huh. the mayor and the business partner getting there that yes, he did come up in that vehicle. Mm-hmm. That, yes, she knows that he's drunk, so therefore, by the liquor license, she also is required not to allow him to drive off the property drunk because that uh, that, that makes the establishment accountable. But now that the cop has detained him, the cop can't allow him to drive off the property either because he took him into custody. And detained him. So that makes it so that the police officer is now the end arbiter and can't let this guy go. So when the business partner just basically berates this cop, they're yelling at them to get off the property, get off the property, get off the property. But I'm doing it in a much politer way than the business owner was. The mayor basically tells them that as the business owner, I am politely asking you to leave the property. So he was the good cop. Yeah, he yeah he was the good <laughs> between cop. Between he and his good partner. Cop, bad cop thing. So it ends up being that the the police officer, they figured out that he could leave the car, sit there on the property, mm-hmm. that the, the mayor and the business owner person would not have it towed. So this gentleman decided, the guy, the drunk dude who, once he's released, decided he's going to have the vehicle towed back to Kabul. That way he has a ride home. 
Now, the the officer does state that he's going to have to walk back to Kabul because he's not going to allow him to get in the car. The problem with that is the officer had already detained him and basically took him into custody. So if he allows him to walk to Kabul... And then that dude gets hit by right, a car. Right, yeah, you let an intoxicant. traffic, you've, uh, you've opened yourself up now to a huge yeah, lawsuit. Yeah, because you're talking about highway walking. <laughs> yeah. At least part of that. So, highway yeah, 63. Yeah, so you're telling somebody that you know or believe, or you claim that you know is, is inebriated walking along a highway. Yeah, that seems but, but in, questionable. But in, 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 uh, in viewing this on our social different social media platforms, it's quite interesting how you've got one side that automatically jumps on the police officer side you've got another side who automatically jumps on the business owner and the Mm. uh, the the mayors and the the business partner side but if you actually step back and view it and not once but twice you literally have to watch this thing twice to get the gist Mm. of and then you got to sit there okay where do property rights come in sure the it was a 911 call that spurned the response to the police officer. The police officer is going on to private property. These are things in reality, if you're open-minded, you have to sit there and listen well, yeah. and, and ask these questions yep. instead of just automatically I'm jumping onto one right. side or the other. Because I was picking it apart the oh, whole yeah, yeah, time, yeah, yeah. and I let my son, my youngest uh, son, listen to it, too, because he's actually he was post-certified. And he's he's pausing it, going, okay, this, 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 and this, and then he'd, he'd view it, and he'd pause it again, and he would banter sure. back and forth both sides as well. Yeah, so. and and sometimes, not always, but sometimes you have a situation where both parties may be doing something a little wrong or unreasonable, yes. and sometimes you have a situation where because of overreaching laws, you do have conflicts in the the system if you will between the idea of property rights and overreaching government and everyone sometimes is doing what they are supposed to do but because the rules that are created conflict with one another then then you know you get a situation like this so yeah we do tend to want to pick one side or the other and then anoint that side as being 100% correct while the other side is 100% wrong but that's not always the case and I'm like you I do sometimes well I try to always stand back and recognize you know maybe there isn't one side that's completely correct in this well I got to give the two officers and the mayor right I got to give them props with the way they handled situation now the mayor in all reality, should have just told his business partner or whoever it was to go into the convenience store and shut up. Just, you're making this situation a lot worse. You're not helping any. But the fact that neither of the not the sheriff's officer nor the Houston police officer, the way they handled themselves once this, once this exchange started, I give both of them props. They just... They handled themselves very professionally. Yeah. They didn't allow the situation to get out of control. They basically made it so, okay, this is what we have to do. This is the way it's going to be handled. You know what that mayor should do? I, I think, in all sincerity, I think the now that he's in violation of the rules yeah. by which he has his liquor license, 
he's supposed to uphold as the mayor, as an elected official, he's supposed so to So he uphold. should deny himself the liquor license, is that what you're going to say? Well, he's not the one responsible for that. It's the Missouri Bureau of Alcohol, oh, Tobacco, okay. and Firearms. So should he turn himself in? No, I think the Missouri Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, whatever that yeah. agency is, should investigate this. Yeah. And then if they do find him in violation of this section, whatever, whatever they have available yeah. to them is the way they should handle right. it. Well, I was going to suggest that the mayor hold a beer summit like Obama did. Remember when uh, there was that conflict? Oh, yeah. Which, you know, yeah. and they had that beer summit there in the East Lawn or wherever. That maybe there's a little patch of land next to the convenience store. They could set up some tables and have some beer. They could do it with wild turkey they and could, Jim yeah, Beam. Just <laughs> and then have a whole nother set of body cam footage to watch. <laughs> Tom Arts with us continuing the Friday Road Show here at Scramblers. More in moments. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Scramblers, our Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing with Tom Marks. Hey, now I have been asked on a uh, text what I would have done had I been the cop. Uh, oh, okay. All right. What I would have done if I was the cop is I would have Chased sat. him. I would have waited until he left the establishment. Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah. And then once you observe him on car camera driving erratically, yeah, sure. then you do have probable cause to pull them over. Now, of course, then you always have the potential that it turns into a high-speed chase. There's Correct. some sort of horrible accident. And then you would have been nailed for why did you let somebody that you suspected of drinking and driving uh, you know, get in a vehicle? I would like to know who placed a 911 call. I well, like that, that, that information you'll never find out because there i mean there have been times that i have called 911 on things that i have right. seen and of course they asked you what your name is i don't know if that makes but you know that what public. there's a very good chance in a community like houston somebody gets that audio somebody's going to know the voice yes oh and you'll be able to, like that's my ex-wife <laughs> Charlene, but you could tell the guy who there on his on camera. You could absolutely tell that he was a hundred percent inebriated. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. he even states on, I, on video so... that. Well, I'm not as not as. How did he phrase it? Blanked up, or I saw parts. Of it, the video. it almost made it appear as if he's telling the cop, "I'm not as drunk as I I have been in the past," but without saying <laughs> so, the word that so, he'd been drinking. So he was he was he, he was like, "I'm going to make sure to say the truth here." <laughs> But hopefully they'll take from it, you know, maybe some inaccuracies. Yeah, he's like, I'm not as bad as I could be. <laughs> That's funny. I figure I learned a long time ago, I was told by law enforcement, when, when they suspect that you have been drinking and ask if you have and you say yes, and then they ask how many, the worst answer is two. Because that's what everyone who has had too much to drink says. Yes. Two, because they're like, well, that's admitting that I did. Uh, but it is just under the limit to where I can be okay. And so that's like the big red flag is to say, oh, I've had two. Yeah, but the, then the answer to the question should be is two what? <laughs> yeah, two, two double. 16-ounce highballs, yeah. you know, <laughs> two 40-ounces. Yeah. In a, in a five-minute period, I was really two slamming them. Jack Daniels. I, <laughs> well, listen, uh, have a fantastic Christmas. You as well. All right. And then uh, um, I guess I'll see you in the new year. Yeah. Right. Drive safe for those people who yes. are traveling to Absolutely. see their relatives. 
Yes, do so. Tom Arch, thank you, sir. As have always. Good day. We do have an, uh, another hour coming up as we continue the Friday Road Show uh, here at Scramblers. As always, sponsored by Affordable Towing. The American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447 KSGF. You want to text in any thoughts or questions, messages, feel free uh, to do so. And of course, as always, any of the show that you miss, we do get it up in podcast form which is most easily accessible by downloading the app for free in your marketplace. It's 1041 KSGF. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.